0: Here in the Four Diegos, uh, we're speaking with Melbourne Victory CEO, Ian Robson. Ian, thanks for joining us. Nice to have you along. Uh, ole.
1: It's uh, wonderful <laughs> to be with uh, the 1, 2, 3, 4 Amigos, And uh, what a thrill it is to talk to you gentlemen.
0: Always on message, mate. Very, very good. <laughs> hey, um, just a quick broad one for you. Are you happy, given that the A-League season's, what, what about eight weeks away, uh, are you happy with the shape the club's uh, looking like going into the season? It's,
1: I suppose it's an interesting thing for... Uh, football around the world, the off-season is remarkable for how short it is. And, and we're, we're probably a league where it's remarkable for how long it is. So, uh, you know, the, the, the English Premier League wouldn't have had eight weeks. Uh, and when you think about the, uh, the elite players who've come off the back of the Euros, it, it would have been even shorter. So it, it's a long time coming, and w- it certainly builds an anticipation. And uh, from our point of view, we, we've had... Obviously, the, uh, the uh, involvement in the ICC, uh, an early FFA Cup match. So that to get three games in 10 days off a, off a, a start uh, back at the, at the beginning of July and to get three Ws across those games was, was tremendous for us and gives us a real sort of uh, fantastic platform this early early on. But we, all, we also know we've got a long way to go. And uh, the first game against Brisbane on a Friday night in October seems a long way away. We've got some more FFA Cup matches to play, but... Just an air of excitement, I suppose, is what's building. And the membership program is, is, is telling us that our members and fans are excited about what lies ahead as well.
2: Um, Robbo, it's Carlos. Now, we can talk about what's going to happen in the future, but I want to take you back a little bit. In the AFL, they would like to have reviews at the end of the year. Uh, did you uh, dare have a review with Kevin Musket, uh, coach of your <laughs> club? Uh, I mean, is that something you would you do, or is that just something that uh, you might have a, on an ongoing basis? Well, I think it, it,
1: it's always interesting that the, the negative and sinister interpretation on review was put on, on a club say like Richmond in the last week because of how they're performing but the highest of performing clubs and the highest performing of any organisations whether it's business or, or sport um, are, are, are constantly putting themselves under review because it's all about answering you know the, 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 the challenge the, the simple question is how are we going to get better next year because to, you never want to come back next year and, and to say our challenge is to do what we did last year or to perform to that level. It's always, how do you get better? And we asked ourselves lots of really hard questions uh, at the end of last season because we know candidly where we finished was was a great disappointment. And, and in the harsh way we measure our, our performance, it simply wasn't good enough. Uh, and we, we we know that. Uh, we were desperately close to, to achieving some really exciting things, but sadly we pulled up short. All of that said there were three trophies on the line last year and we won one of them uh, called the FFA Cup. And Mm. I know a number of our other compatriot clubs would would have been delighted to have uh, had that level of success. So it's perhaps a measure of where we see ourselves that we talk about the year with with disappointment. And so we've seen some changes already in the off-season. We've we've, um, welcomed back... John paul De Mourinho, we've added Darren Davies to the coaching staff, so there's an, an extra coach around Kevin to provide him with support. We're still going through the process of, of continuing to rebuild the list and some more foreign players to be known, but welcoming Alan Barrow, welcoming James Troisi back, uh, great recruits in, in James Donaghy and, and uh, Mitch Austin. So, There's there's some excitement there. And then you you get those couple of little cameos from a couple of the kids that we've seen in the ICC matches. Uh, And obviously, Steph Pasquale is is the one that everyone's talking about. It it adds another layer of excitement for for what lies ahead. So review, yes, but you you very quickly move on, Carlos, because you have to, you know, at the end of the season, we had a delayed end of the season because of the uh, Champions League matches. So everyone was on holidays when we were still playing. Uh, and then you very quickly move into uh, debriefs, players going away, saying goodbye to some fantastic warriors for this club, particularly Matthew Bill who was just outstanding for us over a couple of seasons, and and of course in in a in a, in a longevity sense, Archie Thompson. And uh, so lots of sort of let go and walk away from and leave behind, and then come back with a fresh start.
3: Robo Warren here, and for full disclosure, because you won't get it from Carlos or Rodrigo, I am a Melbourne City fan, so I'm sort of like the enemy. But my question <laughs> surrounds. All the other clubs in Australia are aspiring to get to the status of Melbourne Victory. Not only have you got a, a loyal fan base, it's a large, loyal fan base of probably, you know, twenty-five to 30,000 for most games that you play. I wonder, as the CEO, how do you go into this season trying to build that membership? Is it is it looking at other markets like Geelong, who really showcased themselves during the ICC? Is it other opportunities that exist within Victoria? How do you continue to build what is already a fantastically strong club?
1: It's a really, really good question. And I really thank you for the candid nature of your honesty. <laughs> who you support. I think that's, that's something you might share with your colleagues. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, if you can't get a ticket for the Derby in round uh, two, give me a shout. All things being equal, on the assumption that um, Tim signs, uh, that'll be his uh, debut, not just for City, but his debut in Melbourne. Uh, in colours other than the Socceroos. Uh, so it's, it, that's certainly going to be an exciting time and the derbies are going to have a, an extra edge, no doubt, this year. Look, the challenge you speak of about growth is, is something that uh, we, we need to remind all about ourselves all the time, that the league is 11 years old and for all of our the milestones that we've been able to secure on and off the field, we're only 11 years old as a club and, you know, I'm sitting... In, at my office tonight, and you know the Collingwood Football Club's 150 yards away, and it's 140 years old. So we we know there's a lot of road in front of us and a lot of milestones to achieve, but we've got off to such a, a positive start. And if there's one thing, whether we're talking at games or family days or a training, that gives us a sense of what's possible with growth, it's kids and seeing young boys and girls wandering around in victory shirts and having their sporting habits ingrained in them by parents. Who have clearly adopted the victory in in its own way perpetuates growth because that's what's happened. If you look at, you know, so for for Collingwood Football Club, that's 140, 150. That's six generations old. We're not even half a generation old yet, and you create that perpetual motion that says mums and dads pass that baton down to their children, to their grandchildren, and we know that's going to be an incredible part of our uh, our journey moving forward. So we have games in Geelong, and we look forward to going back down there again in January with another 8-league game for points. We've really come to know, uh, you know, Simmons Stadium as a home away from home for us. We obviously enjoy the the, the really incredible, you know, pitch-perfect atmosphere here at, at Omni Park, and then for the big stage, you know, to be able to sell out um, Eddie Had Stadium for, for derbies and other big matches adds another dimension to our support as well, so we know there's a long way to go, and, and the key challenge for us is never taking that growth for granted. It's continuing to reward our fans and our members who've shown their loyalty and their passion. And I think that, that journey of, 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 you know, the unique match day experience, the acknowledgement and recognition, the way we're growing with our social media engagement, gives them that level of recognition and support that says we want more of this and we want to bring more people with us.
3: Now, Robert, on that, I'm a, a father of a girl who plays at the Point Cook Soccer Club out in, uh, out in Melbourne's West, and there's a strong relationship between that club and Melbourne Victory. Are you yeah. getting a sense that those kids and the mass, like this club's gone from nothing to 500 or a thousand kids playing across various age groups within four or five years. Are you getting a sense that the mums and dads are slowly or starting to take those kids to games of Melbourne victory and to soccer games? So it's more, it's not just participatory. It's also attendance and support and membership and that sort of thing.
1: What you've just described is, if you like, the fan engagement challenge that, the, that we have. Um, and, and these these numbers are, are, are broadly known. In, in, in essence, and this goes back to this generational thing I was just speaking of, but I think it, it, it's give or take a percentage point or two, roughly 70% of the people who play Aussie rules or rugby league follow a team in the AFL or the NRL. In, in football, it's roughly about 25%. So that tells you... You know, how, just how far we've got to go. But it's the old story. It's like the, the fjords in, 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 in Norway. As, as deep as the challenge is the scale of the opportunity. So look at that enormous upside we've got to bring people to the game. And as someone who was new to the game three years ago, I, I still have people say to me, look, I follow Manchester United and Leeds or, or Liverpool, and I take my grandkids to, to play, but I'm, talk to me about the A-League. And it's like that missing middle piece. And we've, we feel each, as each year passes, we increasingly build a wall of credibility for our competition, uh, our, our code, and the quality of football that we can present. I mean, in, a, in a competition that over the last four years has produced four different winners, so there's a genuine competitive edge to it. And that's why we take, so, so, and, and, and want to take great care of this unique match day experience because we know if we can get people to the game And they experience, not just see it on TV or hear about it on the radio, but actually feel it and see it on match day. And they get that all around, that holistic experience. It's something they they, they want to come back and have more of. And the kids just love it. And uh, so we're enormously bullish about uh, the opportunity and the the upside we have. But we know the work that's in front of us. And and, you our sleeves are all ready to go on that.
0: Here in the Fort Diego's, we're speaking with Melbourne Victory CEO, Ian Robson. Now, Ian, um, the A-League's got a new CEO, Greg O'Rourke. Have you met Greg
1: Actually, I haven't, and I'm I'm looking forward to doing that. He's uh, a New South Wales uh, gentleman with uh, a, a good and long background in the game. albeit we'll corporately, he's been at was at Pensico for a long time. But he starts, uh, I think, it's the last week of August, and, and we've actually got a uh, an A League conference the two days after that in Sydney. So Kevin Muskett, Paul Turnbull, and myself will be up there for a couple of days, and and uh, we'll get a chance to I think jump in the deep end with all the other clubs to meet Greg and uh, get get a sense of. Uh, how he's going to run things. And
2: now, Robbo, don't tell us you're going to suss him out to get a sense. You're going you're to tell him what to do <laughs> uh, because you're, a pow- you're the man who's in the mo- uh, leading the most powerful club in, in Australia. What's the first thing you're going to tell him to get on to? What's the priority for you, uh, not only for the Melbourne Victory's uh, benefit, but also for the game's benefit?
1: Oh, look, I think that the simple answer to that question, with all due respect to even walks into the room, worm, um, <laughs> is the challenge that lies at, at David Gallup Gallup score working with Stephen Noe, and that's the TV deal. Um, We we need to find a way to embrace the support and the partnership and the the commitment we've had with Fox Sports to find an alignment with a free-to-air partner that will really take the the promotion profile and coverage of the game to another level. And uh, I I think as much as we'll be craving, of course, an increased financial return, um, that that heightened level of coverage and mainstream promotion for the game will, will do it no no end of good and we only need to look as we keep referring to, you know, the the, the quantum leap that the big bash took uh, by by finding that free to wear partner. We want to have a partnership which retains the good work that uh, Fox have, have done with the code, who've been incredible with us from day one and, and bring that compelling free to wear partner in. And I think that's the single biggest challenge we face off field, uh, in the next six to twelve months.
3: Now Ian I don't know whether you'll admit this, but as a City fan, I'll say that the best thing for Melbourne Victory is a strong and competitive Melbourne City. And I'm just wondering, with the imminent arrival of Tim Cale, I would say instinctively, if I was you, I'd be saying, <laughs> okay, you're going to get Tim Cale. We're going to go after somebody bigger than him. We're going to make ourselves bigger than you. I'm sure that that's not how you think, or your coach wouldn't let you ha- let you think that way. But Melbourne Victory, dipping into that, new amount of funds that's available for a marquee player. Is that something in your plans? Because I get a sense that you've wanted to build a culture of developing from within and only topping up with what assists you. But we, could you look outside that and go for that big marquee that really, you know, almost gazumps Melbourne City and Tim Cale?
1: I think it's it's all about doing what's right for your club uh, and being very clear about the way you want to approach you know business, whether that be on, on or off field and uh, look, I, I always I don't know if the, the four Diegos cross the the line to Formula One racing, and if you've seen a a film called rush and there's a, there's a great scene at, at the end where Nicky Lauder talks to James Hunt about how um, he is his curse, but he's also his, his blessing uh, by having a strong competitor because having a strong competitor keeps you strong. And, and I've got no doubt that what is good for football and what is good for A-League, and let's be very patriotic here about good for Victoria, is having two strong clubs in Melbourne Victory and Melbourne City. And uh, if we, you know, I think we've already, in a way, achieved it now. I mean, this is a city where the major sporting events don't even have the date in the calendar in our mind, you know. The, the, the AFL Grand Final is the last Saturday in September. The Melbourne Cup is the first Tuesday in November. We want to have that sort of iconic sporting status around the three derbies every season. And there's only one way that happens. is because both clubs you know, are competitive. It's com- they're compelling fixtures that not only bring the, the bolted-on fans of the game, but those that are the theatre goers who want to increasingly be drawn and say, well, what is, this only? what is this sort of match day thing that happens where people are singing and chanting and all that? What is that like? Well, there's only one way to find and that's to come. And if, and if Tim Cahill is to sign and, I have not, you know, his and all, all indicators seem to, to confirm that that's what's going to happen, well, that's only going to add to that. And that's a fantastic thing. And I suppose being a little bit honest and a little bit selfish with you, we've got two derbies this year, so it's probably going to help the gates of both of those for us.
2: Fantastic. Uh, now, uh, Robbo, uh, I've been waiting for your response or Victory's response to the multi-million dollar facility that. Uh, Melbourne City is built over there near Latrobe. their academy. Uh, I'm hearing in the local papers, I'm a, foot, I'm a patriot of Footscray, by the way, and I'm hearing in the local papers that there might be something that uh, might be built that's a Melbourne Victory facility down at Footscray Park near the VUT. Now, my wife's not happy about that cause she walks her dogs <laughs> on that area and uh, she, she goes, I'll, you know, I'll boycott all Melbourne Victory if they get down there, but it's a really beautiful space. How far down the track are you with, that, with those plans, or is it just still at council level and, you know, surveying what people want? Oh, is it,
1: there is a, a piece of work going uh, on down there. The uh, city of Maribyrnong, who uh, are, in effect, the, the custodians of that piece of land uh, flagged last week with a media release that uh, that uh, they'd entered into a uh, memorandum of understanding with Victory. She's meant for us to conduct some feasibility studies on, on the prospects of a, a potential academy being housed down there. Um... It's a piece of land that we think uh, is massively underutilised and and has some potential to really be unlocked with regard to a a broader sporting precinct uh, down there uh, with with the cricket and rowing and, of course, across the river to to, to Flemington. There's a lot um, that that could really be brought together in a collective sense and not forgetting um, the powerful presence in in that part of Melbourne of of VU, which is one of the world's leading universities. So there's, there's a lot to say that what what lies there is uh, in terms of its potential is compelling, and that's why we're having a look. But more broadly, yes, we, we're looking to find uh, solutions that uh, provide not just match day uh, venues for our, for our underage teams, that they're increasingly going to be important, an important part of our academy programs, but also uh, for them to train. And in, and in the city, the scale of Melbourne, uh, the geography and locations of these venues is incredibly important. When we're talking about trying to make it as easier as possible for families to bring their young boys and girls to these venues. And all of those challenges are what we're working through at the moment.
2: Now, Robert, we also uh, I ran into you at a NPL game not so long ago at Bulling Veneto Club. And while we were sharing a couple of party pies uh, at halftime there... You, you, you were eating <laughs> party pies. It seems yes, like I,
0: Carlos might have
2: catered yes, that. Yes, I did get my fill of party pies that night. but uh, and, and the pizza. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, the the game itself, though, although the home team, Bulling won the game, I was absolutely floored by the skill level of those kids you had in the N- NPL side. Uh, the way they played that night, I, I don't think I've seen a better team play in the NPL. And ironically, you guys are down near the bottom might be looking at relegation, but I think you played the best football in the competition. The, the likes of Pasquale, Theoharis, uh, Negro, are they the ones that have come out of that system? Because I, I don't think I've seen a, such a balance of, of talent uh, in an in NPL youth side or a, you know an NPL side uh, you know, that's represented by a league club since uh, the advent of uh, of the A League.
1: Well, it's, it's a really important step that we took two years ago, where we, together with Northern City, uh, gained admission to NPL One, and we were fortunate enough uh, in our first year to gain promotion to the NPL. where, where clearly uh, our young boys have, have found the going uh, a lot harder, uh, and yeah, you're right, we're, we're down near the bottom, and I, I think. Uh, it's pretty clear that we're going to be going to be relegated, which in a team sense, of course, is disappointing because we, we, we do impl- enjoy the challenge of playing against better sides and, and, and mature sides, both you know, mature in age, mature in bodies. Uh, and, and it, it's, it's, it provides a, another lesson for the young boys. But we'll go back to, to the NPO one next year and, and uh, continue to provide a, a platform and a pathway for, for, the, for the young players that you just mentioned to apply their trade and, and gain experience because we now have a program that it used to be a, a one-team program in the NYL that went for twelve weeks a year. Now we've got a three-week, a three-team program that effectively run, runs twelve months of the year, between the the NPL then seamlessly rolling into the NYL across, some, rolling back into next year's NPL. And the focus will always be um, about producing you know, young players, giving them those opportunities. And as Kevin show, showed in the last couple of matches, certainly in the ICC, it goes back to, to an earlier question. We, we've always had a, a, a commitment to, to, to finding, nurturing and producing our own young talent. And it's and there's one, there's one thing to say it, and that's another thing actually. That when opportunities present themselves, you give those young boys an opportunity and they very rarely let you down. I mean, let's go back to Stefan Negro's debut uh, last season here at, at Amy Park, where uh, he, he played at, at right back not uh, Thomas Boyish a couple of times. And yeah. you know, what if you remember it about the 72nd minute mark? It, I don't know if it, if a kid's ever gone off and got a standing ovation on yeah. debut before, but he did. Um, and then, of course, you know, reality stuck. And, you know, next week, Jason, Be- Gary came back and he and he didn't play. wasn't in the squad. But those windows, those little moments of experience and opportunity, are exactly what the program is all about. And and Steph's now been rewarded with a you know a senior contract in the O-League club this year.
0: There's absolutely no doubt you've got some uh, very good young players. And uh, one last one before we let you go and really do appreciate your time. You, you it's, There's been a, almost a bit of a, not a clean out, but you know, players have left of their own volition and some not of their own volition. Um, give us give us an exclusive. Can you name <laughs> a, a big player that Melbourne Victory are going to sign for the next A-League season? Come on. We haven't spoken well, to you for a long time. Um,
2: <laughs> apparently, uh, Tim Call hasn't put pen that, to paper that, yet, Robbo. That's Robo. true. You might be able to. Get under the city's guard no, there.
1: No no. <laughs> no, no. Look, we'll, we we'll, As I say, we'll uh, that that process is well until the uh, running its course. And I think uh, with uh, I don't know whether David Davidovich is the fifth amigo, but uh, David <laughs> uh, I think later there for us all to see uh, in the Herald Sun across the weekend. But I yeah, oh, look, we, we've still got some work to do. We've got some excitement I think that lies ahead with regard to our signings. Um, and, and Kevin's working closely, uh, closely on that. We James Joyce he, uh, walked into the dressing room for the first time. Uh, in a long time again today and resumed uh, his journey and uh, with with victory and with the victory fans. We, we shouldn't lose sight that when he was here in, in the 13-14 season he, he won the Golden Boot that year and, and repositioned his career that ultimately you know, saw him back into the soccer ruse, go to Brazil and, and be a part of that Asian Cup winning team. Most notably scoring, of course, the winning goal in extra time. So we, we think there's a lot of excitement and growth to come. We, we, we're excited about Nick Ansell uh, you know, having his, his body hold together and him playing a, a full season. Um, was, I think there's a lot of things that we, we can really look forward to across the year. And, uh, and then the next eight weeks with some FFA Cup matches, some solid training, we're going to build a really solid base to, to begin the year in the right way. And that's on a positive note.
0: I think your fans are really excited uh, this far out from the season. Enjoy the rest of the pre-season. And uh, we look forward to speaking with you uh, during this, the A-League season. Thanks for your time, Man.
1: And, and, boys, thank you for all that you do in supporting the Code, the A-League. Uh, it's, it's, uh, we, we can never take the ground of the passion uh, that you bring, and uh, long may that be the case. So thank you for uh, all that you do.
3: No worries. And I'll um, I'll, get, I'll keep your mobile number just for that <laughs> ticket for the uh, City game because if there's party pies on offer somewhere in the victory rooms, I'll be there. I'll be
1: there. Uh, that, that's, a, that's a commitment I'm happy to offer, to, to honour, without question.
0: Excellent. Good on you, Ian. Thanks for your time.